I guess so dry, you need lube. <laughs> yes, that, that could be like... <laughs> that would totally... It could be a whole other aspect of the show you haven't been prepared for, right? just sitting at your your desk. I mean, it could be there. We could talk about, like, different types of lube we've used and <laughs> substitutes that come in handy in, in a pinch or something. It could be our discussion. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot to think about because there's a lot of things in the kitchen. Right? As well. And, and we've all had where we were like, you know, I don't have lube, but I need some. So. I'm going to this battle a little underprepared. I need something to get the job done. What could it be? <laughs> what could it be? Let's open up the cupboard. <laughs> Just searching frantically. <laughs> I was almost going to half jokingly like. Because I was right up near the kitchen. I was like, I should totally grab items that could be used as lube. (laughs) 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 But then I was like, oh, that's not this podcast. uh, I guess the benefit of everything so close to me, maybe (laughs) this could be the sponsor of your your show at some point. Let's go cooking spray. Let's go cooking spray. It does does the wonders. I'm not going to lie to you. It does the what? It does the wonders for you. <laughs> Crisco cooking spray. It does the wonders for you. <laughs> uh, this episode of Screams and Moans is sponsored by... <laughs> See? It's the radio voice. <laughs> Crisco. It does the wonders for you. Yes. Ever in a sexual pinch and need to get your jollies off? Well, have some Crisco. <laughs> Crisco would be a perfect sponsor for Screams and Moans. It makes sense. It makes tons of sense. It really does. And it opened up a new market for them. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I was thinking like, (laughs) wanna go and got no lube? Why don't you grab a tube of Crisco? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Awesome. I've had I've had more alcohol in the last 24 hours than I've had in several months. So <laughs> I don't know if uh, so you're ready just, to ready to roll. I'm ready to rumble. That's right. Are you ready to rumble? No. <laughs> For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching at home, are you ready? Let's get ready to rumble. The Screams and Moans podcast, the podcast about movies and sex, but not together, because that would be porn. This week, I have with me Wazus Miller from the Thought Hour After Dark podcast. Hello. What's up, folks? It's an honor to be on the Screams and Moans podcast with uh, Megan here. I'm excited. I know. I was going to say, it's been a long time coming. I know you've been a big fan, well, big supporter of yes. this pod, so... I've listened for a while, and uh, I've enjoyed your show, and I've 
been eagerly waiting for the opportunity to make my appearance, make my stamp, if you will. There we go. Well, I think you'll definitely do that today. So, before... I'm going to try to leave something behind here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm already getting derailed. I was about to go, Crisco. <laughs> Okay. There was much Crisco references to anybody who's just starting this journey with us right now. Um, you'll soon learn that uh, Crisco will be a sponsor for the Screams and Moans podcast. And if it's not Call. yet, it will be by the end. Absolutely. For, for sure. We're going to work that deal out. So uh, other than Crisco, what have you been up to lately? Um, other than hydrating the uh, squeaky dry joints with Crisco... Um, uh, we have been somewhat on of a sabbatical from the uh, Thought Hour After Dark um, to the three listeners of the show that enjoy the show. Um, we haven't put out episodes for a while because I've been working on other projects as well as my co-host, Ninja Steve. He's been doing some other stuff as well. And, you know, dealing with some real-life personal things here and there and uh, just kind of cooling our feet off to jump back into it, I guess. Oh, well, Please. see, that'll be good. See, now we've we've dusted off and lubed up the mic so now it's going to be all ready to go yes it had so much dust and needed such a lubrication that i had to not only come on the screams and moans podcast but uh i had to come off the screams <laughs> and moans podcast if you will <laughs> Ooh, oh i like the sound of that so um yeah and it was interesting you know we were talking about different movies and things and um yeah, I went through a couple suggestions, and the one that we came up with for this show is Bad Milo, <laughs> which, honestly, I'd never seen it before. So that was always kind of cool, you know, something new that I haven't seen. And I didn't really know what to think when, you know, you read the description of the show, and you're like, well, I, this could be really funny, or this could be really, really bad. Well, and any time you put in a, a puppet or something that's not actually physically possible or real, you always leave that chance of, this could be bad. This could be really horrible. So are you saying that little creatures don't live in people's colons and come out to kill people? Um, actually, I don't know. I think they might. Um, I'm really kind of starting to wonder if this is not a documentary. Uh, to be quite honest with you, this could be something of true fortune to anybody out there who has stomach problems or stress in their life this could be something that's occurring yeah i think it's more of an anti-stress campaign really than anything else you know this Awareness. could happen to you yeah 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 when you let your life build up and and the, the pressure that builds up in your life it can very often become a murderous situation oh definitely you know we're doing people a favor covering this movie actually Yes, just like we're trying to do a favor to anybody who has uh, dry joints and needs some lubrication with the Crisco bit. We're really just, it's almost like we're taking an active amount of awareness on this episode of the Screams and Moans podcast. You know, we do what we can. We do what we can. And for those of you who haven't seen the movie before and are wondering what the fuck we're talking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie is basically about a guy who has a lot of stress in his life, you know? Um, basically, I think it comes from some commitment issues and just general life experiences, but um, he's kind of this nice guy who everything gets dumped on him and uh, all the little things stress him out. And he finds out that evidently 
the way that um, he was born. Uh, he has a little creature inside of him that actually comes out and takes care of those stressors for him. You know, right? But what what's interesting about this little creature is that all his life he's gone through this. Uh, he's had stomach problems and stomach pain, and he does. He's not really as privy to the fact that the stresses of his life are causing these stomach aches. But it becomes very apparent as the movie starts and progresses that the little stresses, as you had mentioned, are the biggest things in his life that are causing him to get in these situations. Yes. And <laughs> speaking of stomach issues, there is definitely some graphic content in this film when it comes to um, <laughs> his stomach issues, shall we say, and the description of them and also some of the scenes, yeah, where we're actually seeing him um, having different digestive issues on the toilet repeatedly. He definitely has some close encounters of the finkel kind. Yes. Uh, he gets a little personal with some of his finkel uh, matter, if, if, if you know what I mean. And as the movie progresses, I, I don't know, maybe this was just a reoccurring theme that I noticed, but it seems like when he got it on him, it not only just got on him, but every time it came out, Milo came out, and uh, finkel matter decided to go everywhere. And it just seemed to get bigger and bigger each time it happened. Oh, that almost makes me want to rewatch it just to see if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. You're right. Because, you know, at first you didn't really see it. It was just that this creature who he affectionately names Milo uh, comes out of his ass. And, <laughs> you know, he's got the gripping, <laughs> really gripping for, a, I guess, a big old poo for lack of a better description <laughs> what's what's interesting about this movie just just to you know kind of anybody out there who's listening who has had stomach problems or had that awkward moment where your loved one is banging on the door and going honey is this going to be a half an hour or is this going to be an hour type situation and you are dealing with a full-on growler on board in pain clutching the toilet shaking sweating in fear you can relate to the way that this happens because if you've had stomach problems and you've been in these situations, you know how bad it can get. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> it's definitely, I like the, is this like a half hour or an hour type thing? Like when they're in the doctor's office and he's like, I don't really think it's a problem because, you know, his way of dealing with things in life is just to push them aside and not really deal with them. Very calm, yes. He's very calm about how he approaches these things. But, you know, he's just internalizing it the whole time. And, you know, when he's like, well, how long do you think you'd, you know, spend on the toilet? And he's like, well, you know, maybe like 60, 90 minutes. And the doctor's <laughs> like, that's extremely concerning to me. And he's like, well, I mean, uh, over the course of a day. And, you know, his yeah, wife's like looking at him. <laughs> So, so hopefully, like, scat isn't um, something really bad for you because this movie would definitely not be for you. Yes, you will be taking a venture with Scatmandu himself and being very close and personal with scat. So if you are sensitive 
to the scat material, if you will, you might want to uh, maybe not watch this film, but just listen to the episode. Yeah. The and you can just appreciate it for that. Um, <laughs> but I mean, all of that, well, I was going to say all of that shit aside, but <laughs> <laughs> there is a human, all the shit aside, there is a human named Duncan Hayslip. Yes. Uh, that is the main character. Duncan is the one who is experiencing all these problems with his irregular bowel syndrome. And the doctor that they first come across believes it's just a simple polyp. Because they, it, as this movie starts 123 hours earlier. I love uh, that, by the way. Me too. That really, that really spoke to me. I love that. Uh, before, as they're sitting in there, he's really, you know, he's trying to figure out if the stomach problems is something that he can have cured by the doctor or if it's something else that he needs to maybe go for surgery or whatever. And right off the bat, they just, just automatically assume it's a polyp. Yeah. Which is pretty normal, you know, if anybody who knows, uh, you know, or is in the 40 to 45 range who's probably had the old, uh, you know, two-finger glove, uh, Crisco up the ante experience, if you will, can relate to the polyps is definitely a threat that you have to get checked. So, you know, he's not very concerned about the polyps. No, no. He's just doing kind of, you know, due diligence with the health and stuff. Yeah. But I love that he's like, this, though, this is kind of a concern. Just <laughs> <laughs> this photo. And how they started with it almost looking like it was the... you. you first you thought, at least for me, I thought it was uh, maybe a woman getting examined for pregnancy or something like that. And they were, you know, I can't think of the term right now, but they were... Um... Well, what I was going to say is the opening scene, um, I actually made note of this, but A, it was kind of a little bit like a CSI episode, you know, where they go through the body... But then it right. also kind of reminded me of the opening scene of now this is going to age me a little bit, but those like look who's talking shows where they yes. showed it like coming down, you know, the sperm yeah. swimming and it was kind of like that. And I was like, oh, like giving birth. But then as the show went on, I was kind of like, well, it is kind of like giving birth, but definitely very different, <laughs> very different. <laughs> I love the, the the possibility of the uh, look who's talking like a futuristic reference because this is where it's come. <laughs> <laughs> this this is what it's become. It's all your fault. I don't even know who directed Look Who's Talking, but whoever did, it's all their fault. <laughs> but, John was John Travolta in that? Like yes, yes, in uh, Kirstie Alley, I think. Kirstie Alley, yeah. Yeah, that's a star combo, but that's not what that's not what we're talking about. That's not <laughs> even though it's look who's talking has still had an impact. How what is it? Twenty twenty five years later on both of our lives, very apparent. <laughs> that's right. It's the first thing we thought of in the opening yeah. of Bad Milo. <laughs> <laughs> so as as Duncan is trying to not only deal with the fact that he's got these stomach problems that the doctor is uh, trying to you know claim are polyps. He's also got a very stressful situation going on at work. Oh, that guy is such an asshole. Like, so essentially at work, he's, you know, he's a bit of a yes man. He has a hard time, you know, challenging authority and stuff like that. And, you know, as it, you know, as it folds out, I don't want to, you know, give away everything about his boss. But, um, Phil, Phil, 
<laughs> he just even has a name that you're like, oh, damn that Phil. Right? Oh, it's awful. Awful. And I'm glad you're good with names because I'm horrible with names. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, Phil basically, it's like, oh, yeah, you're good. You know, I need a nice guy to lay off hundreds of people. <laughs> you know? And so he's just like, uh, he's just dreading. You know, he's dreading talking to these people because he's never fired anyone before. And then all these reports are supposed to be due and accounts taken care of. And, you know, one way or another, things just get messed up and not as he's really planning at work at all. (laughs) So, (laughs) Well, that and the very as he's coming into work after dealing with everything else that's going on in his life, he's got this uh, this what he calls himself is his. his cubby. Yes. Where we could, that's a whole nother conversation on screams and moans, but (laughs) that guy to me, like working in office type areas, I can relate to, there's always that person who shows up and you're just like, Oh man, I really want nothing to do with this individual. But at the same time, I work next to you. You're creepy as shit, but okay, here we go. We'll try to make this work. And that is Alistair, the creepy weird guy who wants to use the toilets to save time, to save company time Ugh. and get more work done by using the in-bathroom toilets that have now become their office. Yes, because, you know, with that new job, we got you a new office. And then, you know, walks them in and it's a fucking bathroom. <laughs> it's a renovated bathroom. <laughs> Which in all reality, if you had as bad aesthetic problems as Duncan did, I, I would probably be pretty happy and see that as almost as a promotion. That... To have a, you know, a bathroom in your office would be pretty keen. But under the circumstances, it wasn't as keen as we thought it would be. No, no, definitely not. And <laughs> in that case, I I don't even think Alistair would want to be his cubby. <laughs> <laughs> if he knew, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so he's got, you know, problems just in dealing with stress, you know, health stuff. He's got work stuff. Then you throw in his crazy ass mother yes and the boyfriend and the, yeah and the boyfriend <laughs> uh, so you know it's it's like the one scene that i just think of with her is you know they're sitting down he's already had you know a stressful day all this stuff they sit down they're having dinner with you know the mom and her boyfriend and first of all she's the type who she totally overshares about how her boyfriend has a huge cock and they have a wonderful sex life and all this stuff and making all... out for a good minute long while they're like the, the what not only is the son there his his mom making out with this the, the wife is there as well while they're actually full on just making out in front of the kid yes and of course the boyfriend is like way younger than the mom and yes yes oh kind of like the pool boy or something yeah yeah and um then the doorbell rings and she's like oh it's our special guest (laughs) and so she wanted a grandbaby so bad that she invited a fertility doctor (laughs) 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 to come in and (laughs) although it was almost like atrociously bad that scene though with all yes. of his references with about... his references to things yeah he 
he did kind of stretch a little far in referring to, uh, you know, choking the chicken and all these, all the witty banter that you would imagine from a cliche type scene. This fertility doctor has him in the pocket. Every single one of them. Like, <laughs> and talking about, you know, rectal dysfunction and swimmers and yeah, all that stuff. And <laughs> demonstrations. He's not afraid to help him, you know, if he's got erectile dysfunction he's not afraid to help him demonstrate stimulation to get him uh stimulated to see if that's the issue right there that night he said even yes now that's yes. a dedicated doctor yeah that's <laughs> one that you pay the extra dollars for that on-call thing that's when it really comes in handy <laughs> like i'm you know i'm having a real problem getting off tonight <laughs> do you think uh you could stop on by later and uh <laughs> provide some stimulation for me like <laughs> I think my favorite line of his, though, was when he showed up. The very first thing he did, he said was that he introduced himself and that he's part of a practice that's very successful. Yes. <laughs> just the way he presented that to me was already just like, this guy is sealed in. I like this guy. <laughs> yes. And then <laughs> when he leaves that voice message later, just <laughs> checking back in. You know, you've got a very attractive wife, and if you don't knock her up soon, someone will. <laughs> so give me a call. Limp noodle. So, uh... <laughs> As, and then let's 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 take a side here. Duncan is not suffering from that issue. No, that's not the problem. The the problem of them, you know, the mother wanting them to have grandkids and all that stuff isn't even an issue in their life. They're not really focusing on that. That's just something that the mom has kind of constructed, I guess, and is seeing as something that's a problem. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, what else I'm trying to think about the film basically, that really struck you or basically what it is though, is he's, he's going through all these problems and he finds that the only solution to these problems, even though he doesn't believe it and it's kind of a uh, medicine that he doesn't agree with or come to terms with, he's going to go seek out a therapist, which was originally kind of prescribed to him by the doctor who, um, you know, was just like, this will be something that will, take your mind off of it and the wife is actually the one who's like yes he will go see a therapist even though he's completely against the idea right like when he offers he's like how about we just say that we did this and i'll give you money and we'll be done <laughs> and he's like i don't need your money <laughs> and he's got what about when he takes the feather though and he's like explaining to him <laughs> he's explaining to him hypnosis and what hypnosis is and he just very temple to temple i take the feather lightly across your face and he's just ever so gently and you can tell duncan's just like this is not my thing uh -uh. I, I don't care. well especially when he's like i'm just gonna bring out the true you you know <laughs> we're just gonna get to to the true you you know and then he's got the <laughs> fucking parrot going witch doctor witch doctor <laughs> like <laughs> That's right, the parrot. I love that bird so much. He's like, I'll clip your wings. He's threatening the bird. And the bird just so, you know, kind of goes into its little corner and kind of bees quiet. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, he's definitely not having it at, at first at all. But then, you know, things kind of come to a crisis level, as they do in movies. Yes. And uh, finally, he's like, oh, my, I don't know what to do. There's so much shit going on. <laughs> figuratively and literally yes <laughs> that... which really brought me to probably one of the the scenes that i still to this i've watched it a couple times now just trying to get the whole flow of it but 
the thing that made me laugh the most is the scene where he runs into the bathroom and he is litting out these barbaric howls and screams as he's trying to pass. You know, obviously he knows that his stomach is cramped up and he's got to release whatever's <laughs> in his stomach. And he's litting out these howls as the wife is putting in earplugs, taking her sleeping pills. He's ah, ah, just making these noises that you're like, yeah. know, to me, I couldn't stop laughing. I love that. No, no. And I'm thinking like, there's no way like. With the noises that he was making, earbuds or not, you would not be sleeping. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> but in turn of this, this moment here where the buildup leads to the final, the stress of the fertility doctor, the boss giving him the new human resources responsibilities. He's had it. He just passes out. Oh, well, let's back up just a second here. Alistair, his, his cubby. Uh, makes a phone call to him telling him essentially that he deleted some files that were very important to Duncan. Yeah, and for so some presentations. Kind of, yeah. Yes, he had a very important presentation. And because of, you know, his QB was he was going to go to work anyways and take care of some business. But he gets on the toilet and essentially passes out. And this is the first time we actually see Milo. Well, we don't actually see Milo, but we get to experience Milo. Yes, we see through Milo's eyes for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he essentially passes out, which allows Milo to get out. And, you know, that's really where you kind of find out a little bit, start to get an idea of what he's about. Because, you know, obviously he's super stressed about work. He's freaking out about these presentations and that this guy, you know, screwed up and deleted them all. You know, and it wasn't that he just deleted one. He's like, well, yeah, and then I think I deleted one called, like, the something-something account or presentation or something. And he's like, dude, just leave the computer alone. I'll be there, you know. Um, but, yeah, he goes and poor Alistair is very brutally murdered. <laughs> yes, he takes a lashing. He takes a lashing. And there's quite In a the bit of... bathroom. Oh, that was the other thing, too, is that uh, the, the phone call started with, oh, by the way, the toilets don't work. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> with keeping with the toilet theme. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing I noticed, I mean, later they did it with the poo, but all of the murderous scenes were kind of like blood splatter yes, everywhere. Yes. Everywhere. You guys can't see my motions, but I'm... Yeah, doing this very I'm beautiful my hands around like i'm in a you know 80s rap concert right now to just to show the blood but you obviously at home all the listeners of the screams and moans podcast can't see my hands flailing around but, but if you do the same thing you'll get the point you'll get the <laughs> point yeah just everywhere and they <laughs> they think that it's a rabid raccoon <laughs> yes that was what i, I love that too that even though this person was brutally murdered and blood was splattered everywhere and the possibility of a raccoon getting into a building is extremely not plausible, that's what is the, the, the protagonist in this movie is a raccoon that is killing all these people. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, and but before he wakes up, Milo has already come back and inserted himself right back in. Unbeknownst to him still at this point. Yeah, he still has no clue. So to him, it's just creepy that, wow, I was really stressed out. I passed out, and now my my cubby is dead. Yeah. Murdered by as, the... he, as he hears in the morning news that his cubby is dead, 
and then he starts to realize that something's not right here. Right, and I think he started having some weird dreams about that time as well. Yes. So, kind of some foreshadowing. <laughs> so, in a last-ditch effort, where do you go? If you're having bad dreams and you have no idea why you have these stomach pains and potentially something is going on killing things, where do you go? You go to a therapist. Woohoo! That's where I always go when I'm thinking I'm killing things. So... <laughs> You seek out a therapist, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but not only is he seeking out the therapist, he's doing something that we thought that he wasn't going to ever partake in. He was going to actually let himself be hypnotized. Which, as a side note, if you do not want to be hypnotized, it is not that easy. <laughs> like, as they make it out to be. But I guess he was kind of consenting by this point. So. Right, right. So, yeah, kind of getting down to the heart of all these issues which obviously starts to stress him out and um yeah while he's under that is the first time we actually see milo yes and that somebody other than duncan realizes that he's got these issues and why he's having these issues yeah which that was (laughs) i cannot imagine (laughs) i went to school for psychology and i cannot imagine like you're in the middle of a session and all of a sudden, like, this creature crawls out of someone's ass and then tries to kill you. <laughs> and you, all, your only line of defense is a spear that he had on the wall. <laughs> I love that, too. He just pulls a spear off the wall. He's See, like, I love what I... he knows he needs to wake Duncan up. So he's trying to go. He's like, you're going to wake in three, two. And then he's like, fuck, fuck, fuck. You know, trying to <laughs> kill his thing. his ass. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, One. And you see Duncan kind of wake up to see this creature. <laughs> where they all commence screaming. They all have this this shouting match where all of them are just, ah! Yes. Mutual <laughs> shock. <laughs> but then somehow he has a, a book on all these myths, you know. This old dusty book on the shelf. Of course he does. I love the little drawing, though. The drawing of the person, you could see their face, was like, ah, as this ghost entity thing is coming out of his anus. I thought it kind of looked like a dragon, almost. Yeah. A little bit. (laughs) Dragon private files. I mean, you got to make all that, you know? It's all all coming full circle. (laughs) It really is. It really is. And you're going to out my geek cred here as well. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah... So, you know, it's it's this myth about people who can use these creatures from their colons. That's what it should have been called, like the creature from the colon. <laughs> it, based off of uh, repre- it's uh, you're repossessing. I'm totally slaughtering the word here, and this is killing me. This is live recording here. But uh, <laughs> repressed feelings. There we go. There we go. He's got these repressed feelings about situations, and this is... Uh, this thing is forming. Milo is actually forming to take out, not necessarily, this is not Duncan's mind state. He doesn't want to cause harm to these people. But this this thing that's in him has kind of come together and it's kind of carrying out his bidding of stuff that he wouldn't really do. Right. Exactly. It's his own way of dealing with it by, you know, well, the creature does it by violent means, but it's just a way for it to get out, really. Right. So. Relieve some of his stress essentially. And we find out that from the ancient folklore of this book that he has, that 
since that's the case, he can't kill this thing because if he is to kill this thing, then it becomes, it's almost like a lobotomy. It's a piece of him that if this thing doesn't exist, he's not going to be his former self. So he has to bond with it. That would just be fucking terrifying. I just have to say, like, it was kind of cute, though, just a little bit. You got to admit. I think it was kind of cute, though, when um, <laughs> when they were on their own. And he's like, yes. oh, come on, buddy. And he's having him lay on the couch and he's cuddling him <laughs> and rubbing him. And, he's... and crying because of the movie they're watching. Yes. Yeah, so and then, you know, he's trying to get him to eat something, but he's trying to feed it cat food. And it's like, no, I'm not fucking having this. And, you know trying eight different ways and still nah nah almost yeah, like a, like a toddler almost like nope <laughs> not gonna happen until he comes out and he's went through the whole kitchen and he's like not cool dude not cool just destroys <laughs> the whole place just rocks it well, when you're fucking hungry you're hungry yeah well what do you feed a monster from your anus i mean let's be let's be frank here if you have some kind of diabolical creature coming from your anus who's basically killing out people that are in your life what the hell do you feed that thing <laughs> indian food i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of teriyaki indian food whatever works <laughs> well you know, i don't know just thinking things that irritate a colon i don't know but you know yeah exactly so i don't think we ever did find out what you would feed it i mean other than humans which is creepy yeah, they didn't really get into any kind of explanation of that. It seemed like the only time he was ever eating, if he was actually eating, was when he was killing the people that he had a, you know, an issue with. And I don't know if you describe that as eating, but, oh, that's right, he did feed him a mouse. There was that point in time where that awkward scene happens where right before the shit hits the fan, figuratively and literally once again, of the FBI protruding in on his business life at, at the workplace, he has a couple of mice that I'm assuming were Alistair's. Yes. I'd probably only assume that those were Alistair's mice, but with uh, Alistair's blood still stained upon the wall, as you could see in the background, I don't know if you noticed that, but <laughs> Alistair's DNA was still all over the walls. Uh, yeah, and then, of course, you know, hey, it's a campy movie, right? So what's going to happen? He's going to try to shove this mouse up his <laughs> anus, and then one of his coworkers is going to come in on it, you know? <laughs> What at are, the right time. What are you doing? No, nothing. Nothing. I like how when she goes, she's like, well, you need to get out there and put your zipper up. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I guess he does feed him a mouse. So flesh. Yeah. Meat, meat eater. With those teeth, though, you, you have to think he's a meat eater. Anyway. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He's he's not of the uh, vegan or vegetarian vibe where he's going to have to settle for a salad. I think he's going to have to have some cold blood or some meat. I think that's yeah. how Milo's rolling. Ultra rare. Ultra rare. Yeah. The bloodier, the better. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I like my meat well done. Uh, well, yes. at least medium well. <laughs> not bloody. <laughs> Yes, the less DNA, the better. Oh yeah. But so... in all this, in all this madness of of Duncan, um, not only is his, his mom stressing to him about the fertility doctor, the fertility doctor stresses him to the point where, um, 
you know, Milo, while Milo is out and he's trying to figure out why well, he's with the therapist trying to bond with him, Milo's out kind of doing his own bidding and eventually, without giving too much away, I would say he makes a visit to the fertility doctor. Yeah. That <laughs> that scene. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it will make me giggly. <clears throat> so yeah, definitely he meets up with the uh fertility doctor and Again, kind of with, I don't want to give away too much on this one because... Yeah, it's hard because there's stuff that might give it away too much, but feeding the story. Yeah. Um, well, essentially, at first you're just seeing him uh, with a prostitute, which what I wanted to know is, was the prostitute trans? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, she kind of did have a... I don't know, maybe a little more macho look to her, didn't she? Well, and and the fact that it kind of ended with, you know, there's moaning and, you know, that's all fine. But then, you know, kind of turns and he's like, okay, my turn. And she's like, no, I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I was, I was kind of wondering if maybe, you know, he had some underlying desires that could only be met that way. Is maybe Which would make sense about. now that you mentioned because of the dinner scene. So, yes. Okay. Okay. I see. I didn't even thought about it. I didn't even think about it like that. So, okay. See, maybe I'm picking up on the undertones here. Yeah. Because yeah, there were several in this movie in different laying fashions. There was undertones everywhere you looked, if you looked. Yeah. Oh, that definitely. So that's, that's what made me wonder. I mean, I don't care. You know, I'm totally fine with that. But I just wondered if, you know, perhaps, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But, um, yeah, that leads to him trying to help himself out in the alleyway. And, yeah, we'll just say he kind of uh, meets up with Milo and meets his demise as well in an ever-interesting manner. Yes. <laughs> And I just want to say, ouch. <laughs> yes. As a, a, a male on the on this episode here, speaking of the experience of potentially getting bit in such regions would be pretty, wouldn't be so good, especially if the teeth were as sharp as they were on Milo. Yeah, no. And that was not a good kind of tug either. Just, <laughs> just putting that out there. And now we've totally given away, but... Uh... We've given away. <laughs> <laughs> But you have to visually see to understand the insanity that ensues. Yeah. So. Oh, for sure. For sure. So, <laughs> you know, and then through this, we haven't really talked about his wife, but his, um, I don't want to say his poor wife. I mean, she seemed really nice and everything, but, um, yeah. you know, she finds out that somehow she's actually pregnant and, you know, that was something they hadn't really planned for. So it's, you know, just another stressor adding right. to his life. And with work going the way it's going and his mom pressuring him, he was really trying to, it's not that he wasn't open to having kids and that's not something that he was trying to stray away from, but at the time he really wanted to get things kind of on lockdown at work and kind of deal with some of his stress. And also he was realizing that he had to be dealing with Milo. So I think the last thing on his mind was uh, having a kid at this point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He had way too much to deal with, um, which, yeah, for a while, I mean, I understand it freed up so you could focus a little more on Milo, but um, 
yeah, when he just kind of up and left then. And that's really when he had his bonding time with Milo. And I'm going to get things all out of order at this point. But he also, you know, the therapist was like, well, we need to role play some stuff. And uh, it kind of came to a head that he still had some issues with his dad. He had, yes. He had daddy issues. So, <laughs> so kind of along with that, he's, you know, decides that he's going to try to mend this friendship with his dad. Seek out his father, who has not been there the, you know, almost this entire duration of growing up. His father hasn't been there. So in, in turn of dealing with these issues of abandonment from the therapy sessions, he realizes the only way he's going to get to the bottom of it is if he actually seeks out his father. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. In geek style, he's going to be like, Luke, I am your father. <laughs> That's another movie. Um, very different from this That's one. another movie. <laughs> yeah, very it different. It doesn't have John Travolta in it. <laughs> That's right. We're only covering John Travolta movies from now on, and this <laughs> podcast is going to fucking go down in flames. <laughs> it's going to be a Scientology podcast. <laughs> We're going to get Tom Cruise on here as a special guest. <laughs> That would be awkward. I heard he shoots lightning from his fingers. He gets that grip on you and just... <laughs> no, that was Star Wars. Um, oh. oh, okay. So that was Palpatine, Star Wars. right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and back to what, why this movie keeps standing out as me is it's almost as if it's a documentary of my life. I had the same similar situation. I never, ever met my father in the reels. And it was kind of the same kind of situation. There was always this myth that my father actually lived off the grid. And from what I was told as a growing up, my father actually lived in a cave. And that is real, as real gets. Uh -huh. And so when they when they showed the scene of his father living in this, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, maybe it was a teepee? Yeah. What was that? It was, <laughs> he was healing, he was taking his medication in the teepee? Yes. To me, when I saw that, I was like, wow, this is, uh, this is really like relatable. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can jive with this. Right? This could happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's understandable. Yes. So, you know, he tries. And because this therapist has been doing such great things for him, you know, he wants to get his dad in on it. And at that point in time, his dad is just not having it. Um, but it does lead to the most poo-filled scene of the movie, I think. Yes. You're talking about the one outside when they're in the the uh, makeshift commode thing? Yeah, the outhouse. The outhouse, yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, this time when he came out, he yeah got dropped right in the mess. Yeah, Milo didn't have a very safe landing. He uh, went head first. Ugh. It was soft, but it wasn't pretty. Ugh. He didn't seem very, like, it's funny because in that scene, Milo... Let's let's be frank here. He comes out of another man's ass, and usually I would think there would be some leftovers, leftovers as he's leaving, but he wasn't very happy about falling in that commode, was he? No, not at all. Um, and then well, the thing that got me about that is then, you know, after he's talking to him, because, you know, talking to his dad is stressing Duncan out, so that's what, you know, spurred Milo coming out because he wants to come deal with him and take care of the stress in Duncan's life. Right. Like a good friend that lives in your yeah. ass. That solves your problems when stressed. 
right? Not such a bad deal, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's trying to talk him out of it. You know, come on, Milo. Like, we don't need to do this and whatever. But <laughs> then, almost like a dog, he shakes all the poo off himself and all over Duncan. I, that was just gross. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm pretty sure some people are going to be grossed out by this. <laughs> By this episode. Yes. <laughs> if you have some kind of fear of, uh, or, you know, the the idea of something going in and out of anal and poo flying everywhere, once again, this may be an episode that you don't watch, but you just listen to the episode. Yeah. Giving that advisory. Yeah. Because this, I mean, that basically was the premise of the movie. And there is a lot of poo. A lot yes, of spoo. anal insertion and outsertion, if that's even a word. With multiple people, too. I mean, I don't mean to make that sound like an orgy, but I mean, like, <laughs> throughout the movie, numerous people helped him get Milo back in his anal cavity. That was a reoccurring theme, now that I think back. Yes, definitely was. There was some helpage. Yeah. But you notice that he, like, Duncan progressively started becoming more comfortable with it. Because at first he's like, that thing's too big. It ain't going in. It ain't going and in. That, that was the quote. Okay. That was the quote. Um, ba- big babies come out of tiny vaginas. Yes. <laughs> Why couldn't he go up your ass? Maybe your ass is like a vagina. Yes. <laughs> paraphrasing here, but it was something similar to that. Right. And <laughs> being a female, I was kind of like, no. <laughs> no. <Very different>. <laughs> <laughs> And I might out myself a little bit here, but from someone who may or may not have experienced things in both places, <laughs> it is not the same thing. <laughs> I can't speak from experience on this one, so I'm going to leave this to you. You're like, I'll sit this one out. <laughs> um, yeah, not the same thing. But that quote struck me as well, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> And I'll just throw in there, that's not something I do all the time. So, yes. Yeah. It's like a bi-quarterly thing. <laughs> <laughs> Who told you? Okay, no. well, we're sticking to the theme. There's a, He works in an office, you know, and we're sticking with the theme here. That's, that's true. Uh, and predictability. So, you know, <laughs> of this movie. <laughs> yes. Um, but, you know, so you kind of think things are lost with his dad. But, um, you know, eventually he called him. Yeah. He called him and said, basically, I know you're not into this and you're kind of trying to, cause his, his dad's whole thing was he likes to live in the now. He doesn't have an audience for anything of the past, which is a commendable thing. But in dealing with these kind of situations, uh, Duncan really wasn't really trying to dwell on the past. He was just trying to figure out maybe his dad could tie in some kind of uh, relation to why he's having these problems and why Milo is the way he is. And he thought by finally just reaching out to his dad and saying, hey, look, let's not dwell on the past. Just come to therapy. It's been working. I think this is the next step to fixing the problem. Right. And he does. He actually accepts it and comes into the therapy. Yeah, which that was another scene that I was like, what the fuck? Because it's like... So they're both sitting there, and the dad is reluctant, kind of how Duncan was at first. He's like, well, I don't really want to. And he's like, well, you know, the therapist's like, well, let's be in the present. You're here right now. 
in the present, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It kind of feeds him a line and, and stuff like that. But then for different reasons, they're both getting upset. So they all of a sudden when Duncan curls up and he's like, oh no, like Milo's going to come out. All of a sudden his dad cramps up and lays on the ground and you're like, no fucking way. Really? <laughs> Not to mention the camera is panning right on both of their asses. Oh, that. As they're, <laughs> as they're in this fetal position on the pain, in pain on the ground, the camera starts panning towards back and forth to both of their asses and you start kind of getting the sense of, wait a minute. We've already seen this go one step. Is it going to go one step further? What happens? Yeah. Well, and I thought it was kind of fitting. So his dad also has a creature in his ass. The apple does not fall far from the tree. No. Only this one's named Ralph. (laughs) (laughs) And slightly older. (laughs) I did find that funny that the creature ages with you. Yes. So, like, his dad was older... So it's like an older creature where, you know, Milo is pretty young and vibrant. But, oh, they were like hissing like cats at each other, (laughs) you know. So then we have this big old battle between the two, I don't even know that they have a name, the two creatures. (laughs) (laughs) And throughout the fight, you can see how they did kind of play that up a little bit about how if something happened to the creature, then, you know, almost like a voodoo doll, you know, like getting stuck in the arm and all of a sudden the arm's like, ah, you know. (laughs) Because doesn't the dad hit Milo with a bottle? Which I don't even remember where he grabbed the bottle from, but for some reason he had a bottle and he hits Milo with it. Yeah. And it just hurts Duncan. (laughs) Yes. It was like immediately like, oh, you know, but yet he didn't say stop. (laughs) Still just (laughs) go at it. You know, until, you know, Milo starts being on top and he's realizing that as Milo is killing this other creature, you know, he's worried it's going to kill his dad and he he needs this closure from his dad. So, right. You know. Forever, he's never had that opportunity to really feel on par or on level with his dad. And in this, you know basically to put it in a dramatic way in his dying moments essentially his dad is kind of realizing that he hasn't been there and he's telling him how much he appreciates him and he even takes the time to remember his wife's name yeah. which is something was something before where you're like you know he he duncan had expressed the fact that his dad doesn't know anything about him he doesn't even remember his wife and he actually goes on to remember sarah's name and also goes on to explain that Sarah is pregnant, which Milo happens to overhear. Yeah, and that sends Milo out the window again. He's gone. And at first I was like, oh, I don't know why. Maybe it's just where I was. I didn't really put the two and two together right away. Until the therapist is like, go, go to Sarah right now. You need to save Sarah. And, you know, they're like, oh. He's going after Sarah because, you know, he doesn't want any competition for attention from Duncan. Right, and also in the theory that anything that's causing Duncan stress is something Milo will remove from Duncan's life. And it kind of took a few minutes for me, too. I was like, so why does... I thought maybe Milo had felt bad and that's why he left because he had killed his father's little anus creature, if you will. And maybe there was that. But then it dawned on me, oh, okay, the baby. And then there's that whole tie-in with all that, so... 
Yeah, which kind of leads to the whole climax of the film. Yeah, the crescendo of the movie. Yes, which, <laughs> you know, is is coming back to where the movie started, really. It's, yeah. it's flashing us back to that point to see, oh, okay, this is where it dropped us in at the beginning, is now where, you know, he's trying to beat Milo to his mom's house to save Sarah. Right. Well, the thing with this Sorry. is, without giving too much away, that might be part of the, the issue with the end scene. There's a bunch of memorable things that happen, but the last few scenes of the movie kind of tie everything together that you may have had questions about and kind of put some knots, you know, untie some knots and kind of uh, gives you some closure on the situation. But how, how can we kind of describe a couple things from that without giving too much away? Yeah, because I really, I really don't want to give the ending away. Um... Because, yeah, it really does tie some things together, and you kind of go, oh, well, it makes you think. So I don't want to do that, but I will say, I think one of the most memorable things for me, and it could kind of relate to this podcast, yes. is when, you know, he's telling Sarah to go down into the basement and lock the door, and the mom's like, you don't want to go down there, it's, it's really... <laughs> There's, it's a mess. Which you think, yeah, a lot of people's basements are. It's kind of where everything gets dumped. Whatever. Yeah. You know, so she goes into this dark basement eventually because she sees the urgency of the situation that's happening. But then it's dark, so she wants to see what's going on. And she flicks on the light, and it's a full-out S&M dungeon. Like, <laughs> in her mother-in-law's basement. And Swings and all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Swings, paddles, cuffs, floggers, I'm sure. I didn't look, but probably. So you know a little bit more about this situation than I do. I don't know the terms of these things. I just saw leather-bound objects. And <laughs> went to I, an I mean, base. some leather things that <laughs> you see in other movies were there. Um, <laughs> it's called porn. Um, and <laughs> so, you know, she's in shock by this but then again i don't want to give everything away but we'll just say that at some point milo finds a way to get to her in the locked basement and the one thing that did have me fucking cracking up is that <laughs> how many movies do you watch where one of the victims or potential victims is flinging fucking loads of dildos at the fucking attacker like, honest, if there's anything I remember about this movie, it's going to be, like, throwing dildos. <laughs> I, I've seen a lot of movies, and I have to say that I've never seen a monster take a dildo to the chin as well as Milo did. That was definitely <laughs> something not very many movie monsters uh, have to deal with. But Milo, he dealt with it like a champion. <laughs> That's right. He took it like a champ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes me really want to find, like, horror movies that are also bad porno parodies like so this will go a little on a tangent but i'm serious like if people have some movie suggestions you should definitely tweet it to the show at screams and moans but like um when i was on the most popular girls on the internet one time we talked about paranormal whacktivity which is a porn parody <laughs> of paranormal activity so you know maybe some other ones that have monsters taking dildos to the chin you know like like champs yeah <laughs> fuck yeah 
Okay, now that everyone knows I'm a weirdo, um, <laughs> I'm not saying it would get me turned on. I'm saying it would be entertaining is all I'm saying. Entertaining. Entertaining. Yes, entertaining. Yeah, I don't need any Crisco for that. So No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but what I may need Crisco for is the second half of the show. <laughs> oh, I've already got it on stockpiles. What you don't know is I went to the store and I bought them out for the second part of the show. Oh, so you're ready. You're ready then. Yes. I'm about to get elbowy, greasy, all up in this piece and make a fool out of myself with the Crisco that I have brought to the table for tonight. Yes. <sighs> and I hope my listeners start to lube themselves in as well in preparation yes. for this. You should be lubing up your ears and every other orifice that you need to steadily slide in the Screams and Mode podcast. I mean, what? I mean, what else are you going to do? What, what else are you going to put in your orifices that's going to feel as good as this? like speaking of all sorts of different kinds of crazy sex it's time for the sex part yes it's the time i know but, you've been waiting all night for this moment yes all the listeners have been like can this guy hurry up and stop talking and can we just get to the sexual part they've lubed up they've lubed up now with their crisco they're ready to yes. go absolutely <laughs> we're all criscoed up there's no there's no dry bone dry thing in the entire Nobody's bone dry right now. Everybody's seeping with wetness and well lubed up. Well, since we're already there, we might as well uh, get on with the questions then. Uh, so this week we kind of went with a would you rather just to kind of try something a little different. So um, I would like feedback if people kind of dig this. I know it's a lot easier way to just kind of, you know, go with one thing or the other or shoot off a quick answer. So I thought I'd give it a try. But um yeah, the one this week is, would you rather have sex while someone was watching, or would you rather be the one watching another couple have sex? So, as usual, I'll start with my guest. Have at it. Well, who? when you had actually mentioned this to me, um, not only was it exciting, but it's also kind of uh, somewhat of an admission of who I really am. And it may be a little shocking to some, but there's something about, obviously, there's something to be said about having people watch you that's very sexy, and there's a lot that go, could actually go with that. But for me personally, there's just something about watching. The aspect of getting to see not only how the start, but the finish and how it all kind of comes together, there's something really super sexy about that. And... Since I'm here on the Screams and Moan podcast, I have to come out and kind of say that for me, very specifically, I'm a huge fan of cam models. Um, the idea of getting to watch a couple of people, uh, you know, one cam model's fine. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. <laughs> you, <laughs> I see you reacting. The listeners at home can't see her reacting, but her reaction is priceless right now. She's redder than a tomato. Uh, <laughs> Which is uh, something to be said, because usually I don't uh, 
It takes a lot to fluster me, but yes, oh, go on, cam okay, girls. Okay. Cam well, girls. No, there's there's something about the cam girls, and one show is fine by themselves. It's very sexy, and I'm okay with that. But when you bring another into the fold, there's this extra level of special. And this wasn't something that I found out until a little bit down the road of my love for cam models, because it started with the love for just individual cam models. But then once you realize that you can bring another person in and you kind of just, as the viewer, the spectator, gets to kind of sit back and enjoy and watch what can happen and the magic between the two. I don't know, there's something about that that's just a little sexy for me, Megan. Oh, see, I was going to say, well, we might get along then because I am definitely on the other side of that coin. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when I thought about this, it's like, yeah, I mean, not to say that I haven't watched other people have sex, but I would much rather have someone watching me and somebody else doing it. So, yeah, definitely. Hmm. I'm like, huh, cam girls. Hmm. Extra money? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am starting the side business as long as my Crisco thing is well, uh, a side business of cam modeling if you know anybody that's looking. Hey, I already have the screams and moans domain name i might as well just add in like streaming video <laughs> feature and like a fucking paypal button <laughs> and <laughs> i better not give any more ideas about that um yeah, you're gonna have people contacting you about some rather precarious situations so you might want to be careful with that last one yeah i was gonna say i'm not being serious about that um i am however serious that i would definitely rather be watched than do the watching for sure so. I could see where that, I, yeah, I could see where that would be something, would be sexy. If I had a, some, someone I was comfortable with and I could perform and I knew somebody who was watching, I could kind of put on a show for them. There'd be something about that, but who, man, that chemistry, once you see that chemistry going and you just kind of get to sit back and enjoy it, you know, and if you get to jump in, I mean, this could be the third, this could be choice C. Oh. If you could actually, you know, either have that or that and maybe enjoy a little bit of both and then participate. Where does where do you sit with that? Ah, well, I've I think I've stated on an older episode. I've always wanted the male male female thing. I've never had that, but I have definitely got to watch a couple start to get it on and then invite me to join, and that was definitely a fun time. So, yeah, no, it's definitely to kind of feel some of that chemistry if it's just right. Is, right, it's a good thing. So. I, when you always got to be welcomed in. There's that whole kind of comfort zone. Once everybody's lifted the band of the banner and they're like, okay, hey, let's all kind of join in. Then it kind of just gets a little more natural, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it definitely has to be the chemistry and stuff like that. So I guess on that side of things, you know, it's like whether watching or being watched, it can definitely be hot because you're feeling the chemistry. So, right. Yeah. Who knew, as you know, a podcaster and an entertainer, that I'd be an exhibitionist? Right. Shocker. <laughs> Shocking. Yes. But those things could actually go hand in hand. <laughs> Who knew? But um, yeah, so definitely. But again, not stuff that uh, you know, happens every day or even that often. So. <laughs> no, it's definitely a rare thing, I would imagine, for most folks. Yeah. So. 
But speaking of other folks, maybe we should go to our listener answers and see what they had to say. First, we have the lovely Jenny Sorens, co-host of the new Get to Fuck podcast. You've, <laughs> you've got to love it with a name like that. I mean, come on. Straight to the point. Yeah. But her and her husband, Kat Sorens, have started doing this show. And uh, she actually brings them up in the comments. So she says, I would like to have someone watch me having sex huge turn on better still watch cat get it on with someone else <laughs> oops just slid off my chair then excuse me while i pick myself up <laughs> so i guess she's on both sides of the coin on that one <laughs> yeah oh. very loving wife you got there cat Sorens. right <laughs> like where do you pick up one of those <laughs> where do you where would you get something like that <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> um, and then the second one here is by Canatonic Nelly. Nolly? Watch others. I'm far too self-conscious to have critics watching me. Oh. I just insecurity think... on that, but that's okay. I mean, the, being insecure doesn't necessarily... I think once you lower that veil... And you kind of, it's easy to be insecure when, when dealing with such things, but when you lower that veil and you just kind of let things ride out, I think that's when you get surprised. Oh, yeah. And I think I might have even responded because it was a Twitter request, uh, response. Sorry. It was a Twitter response. Oh. Yes. Um, and, you know, I was like, well, you know, not everybody's a critic. So, you know, some people might dig that. Just saying. <laughs> and um yeah also on twitter we had the inconclusive podcast and they said they'd watch they'd rather watch others as well so. hmm, interesting okay so and then we have the solid cat podcast um yes so i asked does that mean both they replied absolutely so, oh, another one that likes to watch and be watched. Nice. I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you're definitely leaning towards more of the be watched. Oh, what, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kind of sensing that maybe that's the case. It could be the case. It could you're, be. You're trying, to, you're trying to sway the vote here. Oh, am I now? I think so just a little. I think the listeners at home will agree with me on this one. You're trying to sway a little bit. Is this going to be an all-out smackdown of the watch or be watched variety? (laughs) (laughs) Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It could be. Yes. (laughs) And in this corner, we have Podcast Whore. She likes to be watched furiously. (laughs) (laughs) And in this corner, we have the Cam Girl fan. The one and only... Wasters Miller. <laughs> and as a side note, he used extra crystal before as he was having to stand by and watch instead of take part. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's keep this battle going then. <laughs> Who do we have next in this battle? <laughs> we have Senior Holly Weezy. This is also a message from Twitter at Paradagon. He said that he would rather be watched. Um, and this is uh, Senior Holloweezies from the Anti-Somatic Show. Oh, another yeah. podcast. And and those guys, they, they have a tendency to kind of kick it on the sleazy. So I think that uh, 
it makes more sense that uh, these gentlemen would rather be watched. I, I think it's kind of fitting, actually. Yeah, just think if we got on a podcast together, like, people could observe us together. It could maybe be mutually beneficial. You could have a get-together of podcasters who like to be watched and the ones that like to watch from a distance and just have a smorgasbord orgy. Oh my gosh. Smorgasbord orgy. Write that down. I like that one. <laughs> smorgasbord orgy. <laughs> yes. Oh. See? Hey, maybe that'll be the next uh, pod-up theme next year in England. Is the smorgasbord orgy. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just call it smorgasbord orgy. <laughs> Instead of a battle royal, it's actually just to uh, get together and make as much love as you can and have as many tastes and temptations as you could possibly have. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Although I could see some of them, you know, some podcasters are a little more private, so they might have problems with that. But They'd have to take the private lock off for a day. That's right. I could pry that fucking lock off, I'll tell you that. (laughs) No chastity belts around here. (laughs) I'll ease into a gentle with Crisco. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh. well, we do have one more listener answer, and that is from SK and said, I love to be watched. I love to be out and the chance someone is watching is such a turn on. I have never put myself on display nor put out a video, so I do have limits but the live act is fun. I've seen others have sex live and on video, and it's not as much fun for me. So you're talking about a veteran of the game here. Yeah, it sounds like it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. As I'm like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go get some Crisco, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, all I can think of is snap into a Slim Jim. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, yeah. (laughs) We'll go with the wrestler uh, references for the win. <laughs> man. Oh, but now that makes me want to see. Well, see, it's not very fair because two of them could go either way. And yeah, what was the actual official count of one way or the other? Okay, so we have. Oh, it looks like if we throw out the ones that could go either way, we have. It's a tie. Oh yes. We have to watch others and to be watched. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a divided crowd of what they would approach if they were in said situation. That could be a good mix, though, for the Screams and Moans podcast. Yeah. Maybe some of you listeners need to start talking to each other. I'm just saying. A little matchmaking going on here. That's right. <laughs> so you see, Megan, you're just bringing people together. You're matchmaking. I mean, look look at the great things that you're doing for the podcast community. That's right. We're finding out what all you guys' personal tastes are, matching you up. You can hear what other people's tastes are, and you can go from there. <laughs> just, build, just trying to build a foundation full of great people who have the same interests. It's, it's, it's pretty revolutionary stuff. That's right. It's groundbreaking. Crowd break. Next level. That's right. Level. <laughs> but yeah, with that, as always, I'd like to thank everyone for submitting their responses to this episode's question. Next episode, we're going to be asking which is more enjoyable, or, you know, which one do you prefer, foreplay or sex? 
So I would love to hear from you either on Twitter, which I'll be giving that out soon. Otherwise, you can always email answers to screamsandmoans at gmail.com. So I think with that, I mean, I know we're all we're all lubed up now. We're all Criscoed. We're all good. I can't even stay in my chair. I've been sliding around <laughs> like it's no like it's an ice rink. Like I'm in Minnesota and I'm sliding around and I just can't keep still off of all this Crisco I got going over here. <laughs> well, in that case, I think you know every once in a while you might need a cold shower. So, <laughs> but before we get to that, where can people find you if they're you know looking to uh, get in contact on the internet or? have a listen or anything like that? Um, you know, if you want to find me, um, could be found, you know, outside of dumpsters, picking through rabid trash, trying to find great things. I'm usually a pretty easy guy to find as I'm digging through your personal items, looking for things I can have for myself. But uh, on Twitter, if you want to find me, you can find me at Wazis Miller. And just a little tag on that, a lot of people always say, Wazis? Wasis? This is the way I break it down. I call myself Wazis Miller. But my friends call me Wasis Miller. So whatever you want to do, whatever you want to say, that's up to you. Who you want to be, what do you want to align yourself with me, that's fine. Oh, nice. So maybe I'll have to change how I pronounce your name after this episode then. I'm, I'm, I'm actually surprised because you're the first person who's ever said it correct in the history of anything. So that was kind of amazing. Sorry. Now we're going rocky. I don't know. And if you want to check out old episodes, uh, I can't say that there's going to be immediately anytime too soon, but if you want to check out old episodes of Thought Hour After Dark, um, at TH After Dark is how you can find us on Twitter. And I believe we're still on Facebook, and we're using Podomatic for the duration of the time until they stop carrying our stuff. And that's pretty much where you can find Thought Hour After Dark. Very nice. Well, as usual, you can find Screams and Moans at Screams and Moans on Twitter. We also have our Facebook page, which is the Facebook address slash Screams and Moans. And again, you know, I like hearing feedback and I like hearing answers and whatever else you want to say. Have an idea for a movie or question you want to hear on the show. You can always email me screamsandmoans at gmail.com and of course you can find the show on iTunes or Stitcher if you do I really appreciate a thumbs up or a five star rating and a nice pretty review and um, yeah I guess with that I think it's going to be a good night so we'll see you in two weeks bye bye